Welcome to the culture of New York basketball. The metro area is the mecca of basketball in the minds of many. Its iconic brand of streetball is renowned around the world. There's a long list of legends who've come out of these parts, but there's also an even longer list of should-haves that never got their shot. Dribbling Dimes is the happy place for the hoops junkie. This is where the legendary tales and the unknown stories will reside. We'll be speaking with a variety of guests from all over whose ties to the New York game gives them a unique perspective to share. I'm Manny Digital, and along with my co-host Emilio the Poet, we're going to take you off the bench and into the culture of New York area hoops. So lace up and listen to Dribble and Dimes. You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you want to be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Here's part two of our interview with former St. Bonnie's forward and Long Island native, Coach Q. Temple, mm-hmm. St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. We played Arizona in 87. Okay. It was Sean Elliott. Steve Kerr was, I think his knee was, he was out, his knee or something like that. Um, Kenny, that ended up playing, the point guard that ended up playing baseball, for the Cleveland um, Indians for a long time. Kenny Lofton. 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 Kenny Lofton. Oh, I didn't realize he played. Um, uh, uh, two dudes that played for the Bulls. Um, one big 6'8 dude. What was that dude's name? They, bo- they both played in the NBA. So They played with Jordan. Those two Bulls good dudes? Exactly. The, the one California kid. Bushler? Yeah, Judd Bushler. And then the other dude was a... a, a, a Big like six nine brolicky dude. He's like a, a broadcaster now for like games and stuff like that. Stacy uh, King? King? No, not Stacy King. No, I didn't go there. It was it. So <clears throat> we're we're out there, and Luke Olson is the coach. Mm-hmm. So my coach at the time is <laughs> um, enamored like, like oh, Luke Olson. Luke Olson. A, so he went to him guy. for advice, and. Wait, during the game? No. Like, this oh. is why we were out there. Because, oh, yo, man, it was crazy, man. We went to, it was us, Tex, Tex, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. Arizona, and I can't remember the other team. It'll come to me. I can't remember the other team. But we go out there, yo, we went to this dinner. They threw this big thing at the Alamo and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, um, uh, John Wooden was a keynote speaker. Wow. And he did that pyramid speech. Yeah. Wow. So, long short, he talks to Luke. Lou tells him, yo, forget your seniors and all that stuff. Just get your young players the experience. Let's go. So, uh, by the way, we played Arizona. We were in the game still with a couple of minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had me on the bench most of the time. He puts me in the game. I had three threes in a row. We cut it down to like. I think that cut it down to like maybe six or something like that got close. So we ended up losing the game, but we were right there, you know, in it. So people was like, Where did, why was this dude not in the, not oh, the game? So you closed the gap. So we get back to St. Bonaventure in a series of games. All the seniors are not playing. I'm sitting on the bench. So I finally go to the coach. Yo, man, like, what is up? Oh, man, like, yo, you know, now that you come to me now, you know, I kind of feel bad, you know. And then I heard about what Luke Advice. told him. Some of the other coaches told me that he told him, yo, bench your boom. And it was a lot of turmoil. There was some assistant coaches that was there that, you know, I didn't get along with. Um, and one of them almost came to blows with in the elevator when we were in Arizona. And um, I ain't going to say no names. If you hear this, you know who you are. <laughs> um, and... That burned me. So then now it's my senior year, man. It's like I had dreams of, you know, yeah. NBA dreams, all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, um, five and 23. My coaches benched us and all that. Um, so that's over. I fractured my ankle the beginning of my senior year. Okay. And I have like um, this little hairline kind of fracture thing. And uh, I was out for a good little minute. And I came back, felt great. Then it started to be one minute I could jump. Next minute I couldn't get this hop far off the ground. So it was this constant, just crazy stuff happening. So then I finally, toward the end of the season, get healthy and feeling great, playing hard. But the team at the time, man, was turmoil. It was just horrible. Coaching staff was absolutely horrible. Lost the players. Players lost everything. I remember we had a chance to get in the, the conference tournament and play. And I'm in there, like, fired up and stuff to go. And I remember, you know, they just looked like, man, what are you doing? Let's get this crap over with, bro. Like, really? Everybody quit. Like where we won't, not like, not like, it's like, I can't even blame them. It was like, you took the soul, right. you took it away from us and you made it as a coach now for 28 years. I would never do that right. crap that they did to, to a team. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you say, listen, come to my office. Look, man, you off the team than to do that. Yeah. You know, you holding them hostage basically. Yeah, man. So, so that wasn't cool. There was a young um, uh, coach that was part of it, man, and he really advocated for us. And I'm going to put the beans out there. I don't care now. Um, but basically, he was blackballing me and my cousin, Elma Anderson, who was actually part of there. Elma Anderson was in the backcourt with Pearl in high school. Mm. So while Pearl was dropping them, they said, who this other kid averaging 30? So Pearl Washington. Pearl Washington, right. point guard, and Elmer Just to make sure, because some people might think it's Pearl Monroe, which no, 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 didn't no, no. Pearl, Pearl Washington, right. Boys and Girls High School. So we got the bird that, you know, some phone calls and some stuff was coming in, inquiring, and they were saying they're bad dudes. Wow. You know, you don't want to deal with people. Wow. And it was assistant coaches that I had beef with right. and all that kind of stuff. But I ain't... I, at that point, I, I ain't care, man. So I was like, because all this work, and I get here now, and this is the crap, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember the head coach said to me, you know, he said, I know right now, you know, you're going to look at this as like, you know, this is a really bad time, but this is really going to, it did fortify me in a way. Mm-hmm. And it did, it made me say I would never, ever treat any players of mine in this fashion ever so it did coach if you hear this you know you definitely did you're horrible and <laughs> yo it's yo to this i know you're supposed to forgive and stuff like that man but that was people's dreams right and aspirations and, and there's a way you there's a way as a coach you handle you learn how to handle over the years those things and be sensitive and stuff like that. And that was not done in that fashion. Mm. I, have, I have a two-part question. There's mm-hmm. uh, something we, we touched off off air. I wanted to ask you two questions. The first one is, what do you feel politics plays in the role hmm. of, of basketball? That's the first question. And the second question is, do you feel as though, if, well, if you could, if you could, speak to yourself, like as the man today, what would you tell yourself? Back then. Back then. Like, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, if you could do something different, or now knowing what you know today. Well, I got it. That, I I remember I called my dad, and I was like, yo, dude, I'm like, like, this is crazy. And he always goes back to that, yo, man, are you doing the things Mm -hmm. that, boom, 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 and da, da, da. But he understood the situation, man. And I, I did lose, I didn't like basketball. They, that experience made you fall out of love. Made me, I don't know if it's proper to say fall out of love, but I just want to say it just made me like, it made me look at basketball different and it made me like say like, like, like I don't want to do that. It wasn't not play, but I don't like this part of it. I don't like. So now, 
you know, you fast forward now, like, you know, me and Burr got into the music thing and stuff too and all of that. And it was akin to that. All of the nonsense and the politics and all the crap that goes with it. Artists and writers just want to write, play music. Not all these poachers out here. Let me sign this dude. Let me give him, you know, half a cent on a dollar and just totally just basketball the same way, man. It's mm. cutthroat. Um, I get what I can get. Let me do. Let me boost myself up. You know, the whole nine. I don't care about nobody else, you know, and do whatever. So that experience, you know, was like, blah. So I came out of that and I went around to um, um, some local like camps around here where um, they shoot me right now. My man, Ed, I'm trying to remember. There was this big camp in Jersey where you could go play and people would come watch you play and stuff like that. I tried out for the Long Island Knights, USBL, mm-hmm. made the team. So now you talk about politics. Here it comes. I like the kids, so I'm not going to say no names. But <laughs> There's a lot of names. His, yeah, <laughs> his pops, the coach worked for this dude's pops. Okay. Okay. Out of Pacific College on Long Island. Okay. I'm going to work, going to town. Killing, practice, and everything. Oh, nah, don't get to start. This kid does. And the kid even told me, yo, dude, I got no business, business. starting over. Right. Yeah. But politics, whatever. So I'm frustrated, you know, playing time and all that. So now I'm thinking, like, yo, this is crazy, man. Like, yo. So I went to the coach, did a bold move. I said, look, I don't want to do this this way, man. Yo, it's either... I'm a player or I'm not a player. I said, we got this next three-game stretch right here coming up. Let's, let me ball, and at the end of that, let's sit down. If I'm whack, yo, you cut me. If I'm doing my thing, then yeah, give my let minutes. me rock. So <clears throat> this is USBL. So these are the kids that just graduated, and it's all over. So this kid from the ACC or whatever, all playing in this thing. Yep. You know, so that, that was the D-League at the time. Right, right. So <clears throat> I come in and play those three games. I think I averaged like 17, 18 points a game. I sit down with him at the end. I'm all excited. Hey, let's go. And he's like, nah. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? So my, the kid was still looking at me like, yo, man, I'm sorry. So we were going to a game in Philly, and I almost didn't get on the van, but I got in the van. It was raining. We coming back, man. <laughs> and I'm like, in is my this head, late I'm 80s? like, yeah, I'm like, yo, this is this is whack, man. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, I step out of that. Then I get a phone call from my. Uh, well, actually, that was a little bit later. Before that, I went. Uh, I got a phone call to go play ball in England. So the guy who recruited me called me up, knew what was going on, and said, "Yo, I know you could ball, son." He called up. His boy was a coach in um, England. So I played in Oldham for the Oldham Celtics. Hmm. Got off the plane. They took me to this pub. Got something to <laughs> Got eat. a couple yo, pints. And back in them days, yo, man, they were oh, yeah, smoking smog. like crow. It yeah, was crazy. Smog in there. I had a game that night. But didn't they there. still smoke on the planes? Nah. Nah, not as nah. much. Nah. So I had a game that night. The I night that you got I there? Suit up. night I got there, bro, it's I suit up. So- Boom, I dropped 33, I think, the first wow. game. Nah, now be honest. <laughs> Scrubs out there when you was playing? No, no, nah, no. Ball. It's not like it is now, but it started to really start to pick up kind of there. But for me in my head, I had NBA dreams in my head. Right, right. So after a while, I was saying to myself, I was like, you know, how's this going to translate? I need to be back over here. So, um, um, I stayed over there for a little hot minute, you know, and then I ended up coming back because um, it was, I think it was, that was the USBL thing. So I came back to get in that because I figured like USBL, cool, that's closer, NBA. Um, so <clears throat> when that happened after the USBL thing, that's when I started thinking like, you know, this is why you got a degree. So then I did the, you know, um, uh, the circuit for a while and, and played, and we just kept winning, and winning, and winning, and um, 
it, it was a blast. But then I realized that further, you know, the NBA dream wasn't going to happen. Materialize, right. You know, so um, then I started to turn my attention into working out. Now, what I didn't say during that time when I was in um, college, there was a young group of young men that looked up to me ball-wise, and I couldn't shake them. Mm. Go to the park, they did. It's like you it, was, it was like your entourage? <laughs> and I'm like, yo. So I said, all right, man. Yo, y'all really want to learn how to play? Cool. Meet me at 5 a.m. When you say young men, you talking about like kids yo, from around St. Bonnie's? No, this was back home. Okay. So this is when I was back home, you know, so we backtrack a little bit. So this whole time going through, when I got there, um, these young dudes that was in my neighborhood would want to work out. So one gotcha. day I took them to the ball workout, and then they got hooked. Like, yo, we want you to teach us. Right. So every summer I would come in and, yo, we working out. So I gave them a, before that, I said. Meet me at 5. 5 a.m. I forgot about it. I'm getting up. I look. And, yo, man, 11 dudes sitting out there. Wow. That's respect. So when I was done with, you know, ball and stuff like that, I came back home. And I went to my school district. I got a job as a para. And I was also the JV coach, but also the assistant varsity coach. So now, and guess who I was coaching? The kids that. That was there at 5 a.m. So now, when they got to high school, and I came back in to play, everybody was like, oh, those are, those, those are Bucks boys. Cool. So we ended up, we, we were ranked number two in the state, wow. class B. We went to Glen Falls, mm-hmm. and we lost in the final four to Jason Buchanan, who ended up at St. John's, and Dorsey Levins, who was a freshman, who, if you know Dorsey Levins, ended up where? Football, right? Yep. For the... Green Bay Packers. Yeah. He played hoops. He was a phenomenal... He's from the area? He was a friend. Nah, they, um, they were from um, Syracuse. Yeah, I'm saying. New area yeah, 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 in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, we, I didn't lost, know that. we lost to them in, in, in the States. That's crazy. We won the Long Island Class B... Uh, we won the, the uh, league, the county, um, uh, the Southeast Regional, and then we made it up to Glen Falls. That's wow. is, is Glen Falls still kind of yep. where the, mm-hmm. the state mm-hmm. finals happened? Mm-hmm. And they moved around a little bit, but, okay, yeah. but, that's, that's but back in the day, that was, Glen Falls was, was, it. was everything. Um, so um, that was my coaching bug, and then it started translating from there. And then I decided to leave Long Island. Mm-hmm. After that crew left, <laughs> those eleven, the, ch- the the disciples. Yeah, yeah, man. That was so. My high school team sucked. Right. We lost to all of the wine dancers in the Amityville's. When I coached, we beat all those teams. It was for your old school that you coached. I went back to oh. my alma mater. So you missed that. So piece. little old John Glenn, who was the doormats, right? Now all of a sudden, this crew come through that I used to work out with all the time. Right. Now, you built the chemistry. You got the discipline. Now I got to give I got to give props to Jack McCormick again too. So now he knows these are the guys that I'm working with. We get to practice now. I'm coaching. They're looking at me like, "What's up?" <laughs> like you, the coach. Now I'm the JV coach, the right. assistant coach, but I got to give him props because. He understood that, and I understood, like, okay, cool, yo, you the head coach there, but he knew, like, yo, do it. And he gave me, the, yo, I, I was right next to him, right. boom, 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 because they would look. He was still coaching then. Wow. He was still coaching then, wow. even after. Because that was a good what? But he Maybe knew, close to a decade, right? Yeah, yeah, easy, easy. But he knew, like, I know these are your guys, that's, you know. That's but, big. I gave him the respect so nobody, you know, people would say stuff like, like, yeah. we know who's the team in it. Right, right. But it didn't matter to me, man. Right. We coaching together. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So um, he understood basketball, had a great basketball mind, cool, so we did it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's my Long Island thing. I was working as a power. So then on a power salary, just nothing. Yeah, it's tough. So I'm like, <clears throat> I felt I needed to be. And this is when I started to, I always liked working with kids. So then I felt I needed to be where I could have the biggest impact on the kids that needed the most. Right. Now, unbeknownst to me, 
still even when I came back to work in the district, I was the only black male teacher in the whole school district. Oh, wow. So you go from practically the so, only black athlete to a former black teacher. <laughs> so we go to, we go to, now on my high school team, when I got a senior, I had my boy Kevin Greer, one of my best friends in life. Um, he played, and my man Michael McGee was on there. So there were like three of us. I'm saying practically. Yeah, yeah. It just sells better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so when, um, uh, when I'm leaving, I was coaching a lot of the, I was coach, when I was coaching JV and all that stuff, I, I, I had a lot of white ball players mm -hmm. that I was working with too. And I didn't realize the impact that I had on them. Mm -hmm. And when I was leaving, you know, I went to the parents and I said, hey, you know, just let you know I'm leaving this and that. And a couple of these moms is crying. And I was like, and she said, you don't realize the impact, you know, that you had on my son. He said, you know, Look, we live where we live, but I was so happy when diversity came in because I didn't want my kid to be, you Once know. One, just looking at it right, from one perspective, right. yeah. So I had a great bond, you know, with, with, with that segment and, and that little crew. And I was like, wow, I didn't, for some reason, I wasn't even, I wasn't even geared thinking that way, yeah. you know, that I would impact, you know, them you know, as well as, yeah. you know. People of your own complexion, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that taught me a lesson right there, like, like wow, you know, so that was, that was real, and that felt good. Um, so, so, I mean, the power of your being in that community, you were able to understand in, in a pretty full sense, because not only, I mean, you're, you're doing your thing because you're right. passionate about doing it, right? right. And you're, you geared it toward that, that core group of 11 kids for a right. multitude of reasons. Right. And they kind of were the, the, the beginning and, and, and they bookended right. your, your tenure right. as, as right. whatever you were doing. Right. Right. But then the, the hidden impact with the, with the white community that you felt. Yeah, I like, wasn't. Like that, I, think that's, I think that's probably bigger because you left an imprint on those kids that probably shaped them to be different than what they would have ended up oh, being. Oh, no question. I'll give you a perfect example. I also coached lacrosse. Uh, so okay. back in those days, you got, I got a state coaching license. So you had to take courses and all that. So I got certified to do football, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, whatever. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I was doing lacrosse. Now, first, I was like lacrosse. So Jack McCormick, my, that was my varsity coach, at the time I coached, went and said, yo, once, he says, just like basketball, but with, Sticks you know, the sticks. You yeah. guys got to learn how to handle the sticks. Still five on five. Yo, so my JV team all played lacrosse. So we ran the same plays in basketball <laughs> on the lacrosse. <laughs> you was just taught me something. I had no idea. Was That's, it difficult it was, to convince them to go play lacrosse? They loved me from basketball. So you when they was there, they was like, coach, you know. And the cool thing, they was like, we'll teach you how to. I didn't come to them like I know right, what I'm right. doing with that. I said I know how to run. I plays. have a license. I, yeah, I got a license. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I got me a stick and I learned how to stick handle. You know, so I could do enough and I could catch and throw and all that. Yeah. But I got lucked out because all them dudes went to lacrosse camps and all that stuff. Right. I didn't have to teach them how to handle the ball. They had that. You know, they had that. I just took and it was funny. They was like, "Oh, coach, we can run the same plays." Like, cool. So Damn. I did that and that was fun. That was that. Yeah, I, that's I, dope. I, I had an absolute blast. But one day we go into lacrosse game, and you know, like in high schools, like in the suburbs, at the end of the day, when you had your spring teams, all the buses would be in the back. So the track team would go wherever, mm -hmm. baseball team go wherever. So there's four buses. So <clears throat> I come, I get on the bus. So it's Q, and one black kid, and all the rest white kids. <laughs> so I get on and say, "Ah, cool, cool." So the bus driver goes, "Um." <laughs> I, I think you're on the wrong bus. She said the track bus is the bus behind us. Oh. So so Neil Adler, if you're out there and you listen to this, oh that stopped by the way. Neil Adler goes, um, he goes off on a bus driver. That's our coach. Were you insinuating the fact that he got up and he's like going in at this? Yeah. And this lady's like, like, yo, like, uh, uh to her, she didn't, it wasn't racist to her. She just looked and saw, like, well, you can't be the coach. Right, 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 right. 
you know, for lacrosse, right? Right. right. You know, in those days, it didn't fit. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I mean, I think I'm sure things have changed. But if you told me as a black coach coaching lacrosse in team those today, days, yeah. today, no, today, nothing. I would still ha- yeah. no, I would still oh, really? think of it like only because my my experience with with lacrosse. I got you. I I. Unfortunately, I associate it with like right. you know the wider right, audience. Right, 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 right. So anyway, that was but when I saw the way they came to the thing, I was like, and I thought about it later on. Like, said, wow, man, that's cool because at that time in Long Island, when I moved out there, what I didn't talk about, and I did a little bit with the, some of the racism that, yo, know, man, it was highly, highly race issues mm. my whole all through high school. I ain't even, we didn't even, I didn't even bond with, um, you know, any of my um, Caucasian brothers until my senior year. There's one girl, Paula Cortuccio, she used to sit behind me because we were the Q's. And I remember senior year, something happened and we were sitting there and, you know, me and my smart mouth, I, I said something and she laughed and, you know, after that we was cool. You know, we come in, you know, talk, hold on. And she said one time, you know, she said, it's a shame. Like, I'm just getting to know you now, like, in 12th grade. Yeah. You've been in school since ninth grade, you know? But it was the times and the way, you yeah. know, relations, you know, kind of was. It was kind of like, yeah, you need here, but, you know, on the sports teams, you know, it, you know, it is what it was. And, you know, and so, but it, it taught me a lot, you know, when the parents, um, uh, were crying at time, you know, kind of like was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you feel like, because as you say that, uh, you talk about sports, I, I'm thinking about the movie that Remember the Titans. <laughs> uh, that's the yeah. Mm-hmm. My thing is, do you feel sports played a role? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's Caucasian Brothers and basketball. Sports time. and music. Do you feel like that kind of bonded you all? Like, no question. No question. So, sports and music. Sports and music have totally been the glue for America mm-hmm. in doing that. No other, nothing yeah. has brought us together as sports and music has done. Yep. You look at everything through history, um, it's been either music or sports that was the glue. brings that glue together and put me on a team with other different diverse people. And that's one of the big things now that I can go, all the travel I did and going to Europe and uh, every, I can go to any state literally and say, oh, you know, my man Chuck lives in Cali. You let me call Chuck when I get out to Cali. Yo, my man is in PA. Yo, what's up, man? Boom, 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 boom. And go, and nothing else would have prepared me or gotten me ready because now that got me ready for Renaissance when I met Burr because now we had to be businessmen. Mm-hmm. We had to go into offices and most of the time, yo, it's two African-American brothers going in. People used to actually tell us, like, y'all can't go to meetings together. Wait, before you continue, I just want to properly introduce Bourbon Harris. He's not here for those that can't see us. Right. Um, so Bourbon Harris and yourself, this is the story you're about to get into. So right. Renaissance, Renaissance Youth Center now right. uh, is, is an organization in the Bronx where we happen to be currently filming this. Right. Um, but I just want to make sure when he says Burv, we're talking about Burvin Harris. Right. Burvin not Harris. just some letters that he put together <laughs> or noise that he might have made. So Burvin and I, actually, we met through a college teammate. Uh, 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 well, he didn't actually get a chance to play. Vory Billups from Buffalo, 6'11". He had that Malfron syndrome where mm. the large heart and stuff yeah. like that. This dude would come down, play a game, and we'd be like, he would destroy everybody. Yeah. But he never got to play one minute of because condition. of the diagnosis. Oh. In fact, um, we got a kind of little special bomb because um, we lived on the same floor. And I was walking back to my room. Door was open. So I was like, yo, V. So I'm calling. He's not answering. So you know how you like your boy. Yo, stop playing like you go. Boom. So I open the door. He's laying on the bed. He's like, can't breathe. Can't breathe. So I call. Boom, boom, boom. To this day, we don't want to think what happens if I'm not there. Or anyone doesn't come by. I'm not a hero or nothing like that. I'm just saying I just... 
I just happened to be at the right place, right. the right time. And, and his door was open. Door was open, Because if it bro. was closed, you wouldn't have thought wouldn't to stop. Yo, man, the door was cracked open, and I'm teasing him. Right. And I open the door, and he's literally laying down in the bed like this. He's Damn like, near lifeless. Wow. So I called the ambulance and all that stuff come and take him to the hospital. So and all what that. was it? What was what prevented him from <clears throat> He prison? just had those. I, I don't know what the, the exact thing. It was something to do with the enlarged with his, heart. Okay. It just made him where he, could, he wasn't breathing right and stuff like that. So he's still alive today, man. Got a beautiful family wow. and all that stuff, man. God bless. But he hooked me up with Bourbon through music. Wasn't in sports. Was so he also a musician? What happened was Vori was a... Um, they were... Um, uh, oh God! Recruiters, college recruiters. Okay. So he met Burb. Burb was a college recruiter. Oh, so he right, met Burb he... out on the circuit. Okay. So Vori was like, "Yo, Wait, sorry, college recruiting for kids, getting kids to go to college." But for, under so what precinct? Remember back Just in the generally? day. Remember back in the day, we used to have these big college fans. Yeah. So they would go. So they met. Got it. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll call I'm it probably general. sitting behind the table. It's like you sitting here. There, yo, what's up, man? Yo, we bro, man. I'm from Long Island. Yo, I'm from this. Da 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 da. Okay. But unbeknownst to him, okay, he was gonna hook us up. Right. So then he finally said, "Yo, I want you to call this dude, man. He lives in Westbury. You'll need to hook up." So I go over and knock on the door. Burrow comes to the door. Like <laughs> size you like, up. Like, like, like what up? And literally. Yo, man, it wasn't no, so what's up, man? Tell me about yourself. Let me hear the music. Okay, the music. He's like, we just started working. Like we was, like we was partners. So wait, but you skipped a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff because. Yeah, I know. Because you. No, well. Because no, this how, if, you, if this was a movie, <laughs> right, right. you went from basketball dude with a cape. I know. To I know. musician. I know, I know. Well, so, you're always a musician. So all, so all along. I, music was in my bones. Okay. It's in my family, my sisters and all that. They, I still got albums today that my sisters gave me, the whole nine. But sports always won out over music. Mm -hmm. Right? Matter of fact, I had a dilemma in high school. I was in the orchestra. I was the only bass player. And one day we were playing our rivals. And we had a concert the next day. Mm -hmm. So we had rehearsal. I made the decision to go play the game without going to the orchestra teacher and at least telling her. I said, look, mm. I got a game. I can't make rehearsal, da, da, da. Right down the hall from the orchestra room is what? The gym. The gym. And she sees you hooping. I'm on the warm-up line. God is mm. my witness. She walks onto the court. Mr. Quinlan, you have to make up your mind right now. Is it music or basketball? Now... You were dressing a 15, 16-year-old kid in front of his friends. In the warm-up. Playing our rhymes on the court. Right. Yeah, that's no brainer. I was like, bounce. Right. <laughs> and to this day, I regret it. I don't even know if she's still alive, Miss Negrelli. But I owed her. At least. To say, like, well, look, yeah. at least can I, can I play the game as our rival today? Like, now, I would advise my players, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. I would have went and said, look. Don't worry, I know the parts, I'm good, but it's our rival. Yeah. Can I play this game? You know, uh, I owed her that, and I, I never, I, I didn't get a chance to do that. You well, know? I mean, you got to figure a 15 year old child, you know, like, you know, you got it all together. <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm but but you know what? These life lessons, and this is what you, this is what I fall back on now as we work with the kids, mm -hmm. these things. So now I go like, when a kid, when a, something comes up, when they got to be, Stand up and voice. Now I remember those things, and I say, "Hey, man, this is how you gotta handle that situation. Might be uncomfortable, don't know, but this is how you gotta do that." Yep. So that's what the music. The music thing was always there. So after all this stuff was through, and then I started to get slowly back into the music. So you end up on Bourbon's doorstep. So I end up on Bourbon's doorstep. But the funny thing before that. I'm in the studio, so I get my little stuff. I'm doing my thing. So I started doing production stuff before I even met him. Got it. Right? So my bass was in the corner, and I line not. Yo, it was like, you ready now? Like, is it, is it our time now? Oh. And I swam, and I turned to look at that bass, and I was like, you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> like... This is weird. Like, what's happening here? It's that I see you, bro. That's what you was doing so, back then. <laughs> <laughs> so long and short, man. Yeah, so then the bug got bit. Vori 
was hearing the tracks and stuff I was doing. He hooked me up with Burv. We started with music first. And then we started realizing we have a lot of things in common. And then the passion to work with kids. Yeah. You know? And he's an excellent athlete as well. Yeah. You know? So he had the musician athlete. I was coming from the sports musician. He was coming from the musician sports. Mm -hmm. You know? So... We started working that way. Then I was working in the city at Pius 12 using family services. A spot came open, and I said, yo. No, no, before that, I know the one. I was working for the um, New York Urban League, mm. and it was a Saturday program. And um, we put together these illustrious artists to come in and work with the kids. So I said, yo, I got a dude who's dope with vocals and keys. Let's get him to come in and boom. It was paying crazy too, so making good money. So I brought in like a, I brought in like a, this engineer dude, Burv, all these like top level, like poet, all this kind. So Burv comes in, so we first started working there. Then I went and got a job uptown at Pius 12. And then I went to them and said, yo, I got a dude that would be perfect. <laughs> So he, he, was looking to leave. He, was look, he was looking to leave Westbury. So I said, yo, you need to come out. Boom. So he came out. So we always work in different departments. So he was working over here. I was doing the sports side, doing this. And he was, um, you know, working with the teams and stuff, doing that stuff over there. Um, and then we're very uh, progressive. So we see things and we want to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So now we, we're fully into the kids. So fast forward back, you know, to Renaissance. But before, before Renaissance, it was Pius 12. So we get over there. So I start. Now, my major reason for starting the team was the Brown boys not doing well. You mean, and, you mean in general, not yeah. necessarily from a basketball perspective. Right, in right. general. So the Bronx, you, all the stats. Now, the sad thing is, back in the late 90s when right. we came here, all the crime statistics, birth rates, child birth rates, drugs, gang, all that stuff, stuff are still the leading here now so it's almost like time didn't change right mm -hmm. and i realized that the hood has that effect where it just this is what i am right and it keeps doing that w one memory that always stuck in my head was we went to a tournament with the hoop group and on the campus of virginia and um we had a blast um Rob Lanier, who is Lanier's, uh, Bob Lanier's, Bob Lanier's son? nephew. Yeah, I, I played with him at St. Bonaventure. Okay. So we went down there, had a blast. Rob was the assistant coach at Virginia. UVA. So all the other teams, the, the, the games for that day were over. He called me up. Yo, bring the kids down to the arena. Wow. We go down to the arena, open up just us. He had the Renaissance name put up on the board. Wow. wow. So he took us to his office, like basketball court floor, and it was NCAA tournament at the time. Uh. So we all sat there on the floor, and my, I just remember the kids' faces, like, sitting there in the arena looking like, Coach, this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of stuff I want to be. <clears throat> so we had a great time. So it was Mother's Day weekend. So it was always a dilemma for me because then I'm like, okay, I'm away on Mother's Day. We lost our uh, early game. So I was like, wait a minute. It's, it's 9.30. I got to be back I in the get home. <laughs> get home. So they was like, coach, what's the rush? Like, what's, what's the rush? So I was like, what's wrong with you? I said, yeah, you know I'm married. Yeah, I could get home by, I could, we could be home by like 2 o'clock, bro. Right, right. I'm good. We don't want to go back. What are we going back to? Well, I don't want to go back to the nonsense, man. You know, I got to fight all the time, man. Yo, stuff, crazy stuff happening in the neighborhood and all that. Yo, man, there was, I wish I would have had this on camera. We was on the main campus. Matter of fact, you know that, you know where they had that, um, the shooting, the, the marching? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. When they was doing that, that, that figure, mm -hmm. we was there running around playing. Playing on that same wow. spot. We're now, fast forward a year or two ago, they had that right. race stuff yeah. there. We was right there in Charlottesville. They was run, you know, man, they were running around playing tag on the grass like no care in the world. Like, this is, yo, 
this is Disneyland dope. for them. Yeah, it's dope. So I dropped them off and I looked up in the mirror, <laughs> yo, and they just stood there like, can't believe you brought us back here, mm-hmm. and you know you going and like we got to do this, but that that was. Showing them, giving them a taste of what could be. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then I fast forwarded that. So if I back up a little bit, we started, I started taking them to events in Boston, Rhode Island, PA, Virginia, Connecticut, Long Island, wherever I can get them out yeah. and expose them. So I want to I wanna end on kind of where things stand in your mind today all right so let me so so it, it was it was about me cool in, in the background but then with the kids so yeah. this is year 29 coming up now a coaching i was at a um i was at a uh, a county dinner my nephew um uh played for me um he came out from long island him and a bunch of friends and I went to a county dinner when he was playing at Baldwin High School. And he said, your unk, you know, come to the things. Cool. We go there. So <clears throat> I'm sitting there, and they're announcing the awards to come up. And they're like, okay, you know, Billy so-and-so is going to Yale, and he has a, you know, 4.0 you know, GPA, and he got a 1,600 on SAT. <laughs> African-American kid comes up. This is Daquan, and Daquan is undecided. Cool. Another kid comes up. You know, this is Tom. Tom is going to Harvard. He has a 4.9 GPA. Um, he never got anything wrong in his tests, and da da da. And he, he's going to, you know, Harvard, and da da da. Okay. LaShawn comes up. LaShawn is going to junior college. Uh, he's still undecided, so he's going to figure that out. So then there was a trend. White kid comes up, academic straight, boom, boom. Black kid come up, undecided, don't know what I'm doing, boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. The whole night, just going, going. So my nephew is shrinking in the chair, and he's looking at me. He's like, nah, I get it, man, all that stuff you was telling us. This is embarrassing. Yeah. You know? And that drove me, just like I had that drive to be better, that said, okay, I got to do more. So with our program, and I think the difference in Renaissance is there are established teams around here that are better than us on the court. Some years I don't have the biggest players. But if you two came into my program, I don't cut you because you're not a good player. Right? You might not play a lot, but I'm not cutting you. We build. You will get better. The best compliment I got was I bounced into a kid one time on the street, and he said, Hey, you look familiar. And then I said, oh, you know, so it's always like, you know, you play ball around there. Right. Da-da. He said, oh, you're the Renaissance coach, right? He said, yo, man. He said, yo, man. Um, it's funny. I bumped into you, man. He said, yo, man, I, I got to give you some props, man. He said, yo, man, I remember when you first came out and started playing, we used to smack y'all in tournaments. Yo, but every year, like, you had a cool man, I saw you always got better. Always got better. Hmm. Always got better. And I would get the rejects from the other programs that they didn't want. Mm-hmm. Or I would get the kid that came in and say, like, yo, man, you know, I'm not ready yet. There was a trend that was happening a long time. I would get the rejects or get the kids come in. And then we, when we cultivated them, got them good, then the teams that were good would come poach them. Right. Oh, you know, Q can't take you to Vegas. So, yo, man, you, you need to come with me. Okay, and back in those days, yeah, man, Cats was laying out money like yeah. it was nothing. Yeah, you know, so Cats would be enticed, and you know, go ahead and do whatever. But I will say, most of the kids were loyal because they understood. I, they felt, yo, it's a, it's a bigger picture. One kid who I had who ended up being really, really good. Everybody around here knew that he came from here. There's a debate out there. Oh, I had him first. I did this. I did that. Real people know where he started, started to become that person, right? 
And is this one of those that we're not going to divulge who this person is? Or? Sammy Mejia. Sammy Mejia okay. is is the name. Then that's the one that went to DePaul and all that. Yep. And um, one of the cool thing, like he told me, when all these people were coming out from left to right, he called me. He said, "Yo, man." He said, "Coach, I I need to talk to you, man." He said, "Cause I I know I can trust you." It, people coming in so crazy, like what's up? So we just had a conversation about what, what was going on, you know. And I I I I went to prep his parents, and he got a big family, and two of his other brothers played for me and all that. Mom's was always upset because she was a pastor, and we had games on Sundays. Mm. <laughs> so, <clears throat> long story short, this kid is blazing now, like killing, like Sammy. They won the city champs and all that. Sammy was the first ball player. Right, that went to ISA and averaged 40 points a game. Averaged 40 points a game. Not scored 40 points a game. Mm. Average for the tournament. Okay? And they know, like, if you go out there into it, they say, no, who did Sammy play for? Sammy played for Renaissance. Right. <laughs> All right? Or oh, at the time, it was Pius 12. And then it turned into that. But I remember sitting at the table, man. I, he's got like nine, ten brothers and sisters. Yeah, man, they sitting there. And I'm like, look. Phone's gonna start ringing. It's gonna be off the chain in a minute. I looked down. Mom's sleeping. She was literally like this. Right. So they were like, "Q, we're sorry. You know, like, you know, I appreciate you coming, but but but." Sure enough, he goes nuts. Boom. Um, the uh, I forgot the team, but I think it was Gary Charles and them. Oh, it was a big A AAU dude around there. Mm-hmm. Took him to Vegas. So he played with Charlie Villanueva. Okay. So people came to see Charlie Villanueva and was like, um, who's this dude scoring 35 points next to him? <laughs> and that's how he got the pole and all that kind of stuff, right. you know. So, <clears throat> again, humble beginnings here. Tom Gugliotta. Mm. What? The Goo. Tom Gugliotta. No. Okay, Huntington's own. Wow. We were working out with my crew that I had at Wolf Hill Park. Yep. And in comes... Tom Gugliotta at five foot three. What? No. Five foot three, little dude. Sir, can I, can I work out with you guys? And we all look like like little guy. <laughs> but he could ball. He was a guard. He could ball. He to, yo, he had a tremendous growth spurt. He could ball. Yo, because that dude. And all of a sudden, at the end of it, six left. Yeah, he's dope. But he played with us. And he went around, and <clears throat> so I had that crew and, and Googs at 6'11". So we went around. We played against Terry DeHair and all them stuff. Almost won that mm. game at the, at, the, at the Bronco Gym because, you know, we had Googs, and then I had awesome guards and all that stuff. So <clears throat> um, we went to a net game, and I took one of my boys, and <clears throat> I didn't have his number to contact him at the time. And... It was the end of the game going. So now, if you ever go to an NBA game and you know somebody, you know what happened. Arena clears, but the family stays. Right. Mm. And then they come out yeah. at the end, and That's then they their greet their family and stuff like that. Okay. So they were like, all right, you guys got to go, you got to go, you got to go. So we kind of moved around a little bit. Just like, I said, look, I know you heard this a million times. The player that was out there, you know, he's playing mine, he used to play with us, and then she's like, mm-hmm, yeah. I already just done it a million times. <laughs> but I stalled enough. Then he came out, and he goes, Coach? And the look on the lady's face was like, oh, he was telling the truth, right? (laughs) One out of a million. And and he came over, and the coolest thing, I wish I had it on on video, but he was like, yo, man, I appreciate everything you did for me. I'm here because, in part, of what you did for me. Yeah, that's ill. You know, and my man Billy, Billy Gaines, who played keys and talked with us for a long time, was right there. And he was like, yo, you know, that... You know, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, so our whole intent, so we had study halls, mandatory study halls. Um, we had life sessions. Um, um, For the Renaissance that Warriors. Had, that Renaissance was like, Warriors. So that these was, are the rules of that, being That's the team. rules, man. You don't do your books. You don't bring your weekly. So I still have this thing that's the Holy Grail today that I started with. 30 the, years ago. That crew the, the over 11. 30 years ago. The simple form that hasn't changed in 30 years. Burv uses it with the athletes, whatever. My alumni that coach use it with their kids. Mm. Simple form. 
Manny, English, yo, <clears throat> you know, how's he doing? What, what's his effort like? This, that. So I pick things where there's no reason for you not to be handing in homework. There's no reason for you to be late for class and stuff like that. Mm. It wasn't about just let me see your grade. Right. Because if you're not doing this effort stuff, you're not going to get the grades. Right. right. <clears throat> yo, we going on a trip that weekend? Where's the weekly? Don't have it? See you next week. I had a kid running behind a coach bus. We was going to Rhode Island. He bought his bag and all that crying. I told him he wasn't going. Coach, please, please, please. I want to be in the neighborhood. Stuff like this weekend. I said, well, maybe next time you'll bring your weekly. See you later. Out. Hmm. And once you lay that down, then catch new. I had a kid break in his school. True story. <laughs> Left his weekly. We had a game. He went back to his school, crawled through a window. Went in his locker, weekly. got it, came in. He left. He left. He came to practice, didn't have it. I'll be right back, coach. Went to Walton High School, which was not too far from the gym. Mm -hmm. Climbed through the window, got his weekly, came back. I said, man, where were you? He said, I went to get the weekly. I, I caught a quick B&E. I used to do <laughs> stuff like, say you came in and you two didn't bring your weekly. I said, oh, cool. Yo, Tuesday, meet me 4 o'clock. We're going to work out at da 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 and everybody looked around and said, oh, shoot, this is the crew that didn't bring their weeklies. For two hours, yep, get on the line, whoop, run, throwing up, vomit, whole nine. Just running Go. the whole time. Running. Sprint, get up another one. Put up. Boy, if you don't get up, I will break your neck. Let's go. <laughs> Boom. But, see, and we always talked about it, is building a relationship. So they knew I cared about them, and they knew, yo, man, I did wrong. And I have to face the consequence. Mm -hmm. And this is the consequence. Because if you don't do the consequence, then right. I'm going to tell you, yo, you guys need to pack up. You yeah, need to back go. you out. That's not, that's not what a Renaissance Warrior does. So over the years, I've had some really good, tough teams. And I had some years where I didn't really have good kids. But I still get the experience of getting out of the city. Because I knew how important that is for the bigger picture. Yeah, the life. Not just, the, a lot of them coaches was focusing on winning that game so, you know, I could be known as the greatest, whatever. But I knew, even though we lost the game, most kids were in the hotel, and I always made sure we stayed in a nice hotel. We always went on Saturday night is our good meal night. So I would take them, get ribs, mm. a whole nine. I, I'm sitting there one time, one of the kids was sitting next to me, and I put the bill down, and the kids saw the bill. So when we were walking back to the hotel, he said, Coach, he said, um, yo, that, that, that bill was $400. I said, yo, I got 30 people here. You know, I said, it's not right. going to be. He said, yo, well, yo, next time, man, you just take us, like, to a local store, man, and we can get, like, some bread and stuff like that, and we good. And I said, I know you good, man, but I said, yo, it's my treat. This is what I want to do for y'all. You right? I wanted to show something else yeah, you know, and that we can do that. The, the Renaissance model is and always be to cultivate young men to boys, and we've been working out with girls to young girls to women. You said, cool, earlier, right? you said earlier you're not a hero. I think you've been a hero for the last <laughs> 29 some odd years. Nah, man, I'm gonna be all these kids. Nah, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I am a, I am a vessel. I was. Definitely put here by God to do this work. Mm -hmm. So I've been commandeered. <laughs> for okay. real, for real. I'm lucky. I'm, yeah. I'm like super lucky. My dad was the best man at my wedding, not because he was pops, because that's the dude I rolled with. Mm -hmm. This is the dude that, you know, we had a relationship. It wasn't go to your room, this, that. We not doing nothing. It was like, yo, um... Come here, man. I'm changing the oil of the car. All right? So you see this right here? Boom, boom, boom. Yo, it's a ratchet set. Boom, boom, boom. Three-quarter ratchet. Boom. Da -da 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 -da. Pull it. First time I did that, I pulled the plug out. I was like, yeah, Dad, I did it. <laughs> All the... <laughs> yo, the whole driveway. Now, some dudes would have... Yo, what the... Yo, right. He's laughing. He's laughing. Yeah. Yo, got to put the tray under there. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. I got it. So, so many crazy, cool experiences, man. And then, so I funnel that stuff. So 
to me, no hero, man, I'm just giving back what was given to me. And that's, if you understand that, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. If you've been blessed, you have to Pay bless forward. other people or yeah. you don't get your rewards. Right. And it's not like I'm doing it so that I can get it. Oh, God, you know, give me a reward. Give me a reward. It hurts me to see our kids. Like this afternoon, seeing those 30 kids run around and a kid that was part of the program for a minute. Now, see, here's where it goes. Right. He didn't stay in the program because mm-hmm. he fell for the street. Yeah. Right. right? If you look, I'm trying to do some statistical stuff now through the players and all of that. If you in the program for more than a year, okay, it's a hundred percent graduation rate. You know what the city graduation rate is? I'm guess 40 percent. First of all, to come in from ninth grade, uh-huh. go ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and graduate, thirty-four percent. Damn. Thirty-four percent. You guys. Even today. Today. That is today. Insane, bro. Right now. Right now. So we, the, the uh, epidemic is, to, we're past epidemic. Mm. You know how you say like, yo man, we're so far, no, we're drowning. And we don't even, we're, we're able to breathe and walk around, but we're drowning. So I watch our kids, 30, 40 of them could get together with knives and bottles and try to hurt each other because they don't see a value in themselves and in other people. And this is what I'm being guided to do because that's what the streets do to you. The streets has a method. And this is the method that the street does. If I can get you, you get out here, you do this. Now you get in harm's way, you do what you got to do. So if you can break that and you can educate them and they understand that my life has value and is bigger things for me yeah. than doing other things and... The fact that they're just as bright as anybody else Definitely. on earth. Definitely. It's just, honestly, it's the circumstance. This is the, this is the lot I've been given at this moment. If I take an orange person, an aqua green person or whatever, and I put them in, I put them in a situation where you might not have a dad, you might be in a foster situation. We have players that were coming from foster homes playing for us. Yeah. Um, um, maybe I had a, a player who was um, both parents were out in the streets. He would go have to find his mom and pick her up off the street and drag her back home. Wow. And this kid is on one of our videos and he comes when they ask him about Renaissance. He said, yo, when I get there, it's like I get to I get to Wusau, hmm. you know, and that's that's my respite. You know, go ahead. So that to me, go ahead and, and say that y'all won 9,000 championships and all that kind of stuff. I'd rather crank out young men and young women. And if you come to that gym with those guys, I came out of the gym about two years ago getting in the Lexus BMWs, the whole nine. And guys saying it's because I was part of this program that I believe that I deserve that. Mm. I can earn that. Mm. I'm smart enough to do that before, you know, this makes you feel inferior sometime. Like, do I deserve this? Do right. I blend it? No, yes, you deserve it. Right. You know, it's there for the taking. But you have to understand that that old slogan, Bourbon says this too with the Jesse Jackson thing. Definitely about the hope, but it's the education, the mind. You can't waste that. That's that's the out. If you're not educated, this will not work for you but on top of that the exposure right right so, so what you do with your program so you couple, right right i mean the fun it's simple in concept <clears throat> you take these kids from you know in most cases terrible surroundings mm-hmm. put them on a bus and you guys go to rhode island you yep. stay at a, at a decent hotel and you give them a be, a banging meal that changes i mean me and then i give my friends when i can you know, like Kenny's been Kenny, great. Right. So we're going to go to a workout when the guys start coming back here. We're wow. going out to the new facility. That's dope. And so they're going to get to meet the players That's and nice. do all that. You know, not every kid's going to get a chance to do that. Yeah. You know, and I'm able through my through my contacts and stuff like that. 
um, Open to up do experiences that. for them. Where can people find out about the Renaissance Warriors? <coughs> you can go on our, them you, on go, you go on our website. Um, I do have an Instagram. Um, Renaissance Warriors. Yeah, Renaissance. Dot, I think it's dot, dot, Warriors. dot Warriors. Yeah, Renaissance yeah. Dot Warriors. Mr. Q. Uh, I want to thank you very much for uh, accepting the offer to, to to do this with us. This was fun. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, like I said, I've known you for over fifteen years, man, and like never had an opportunity to sit down and really go deep like this. So, I love the stories. <coughs> I want to have you back. <laughs> There's a at million at some of point. But I do want to say to yeah, all the programs out there who are looking after the young men as people and who are providing education services, who are providing um, the discipline that they need, who are providing anything that's going to help them mature and turn into a man, I applaud you, and that's what it's all about, you know, so, cool. And on that note, yeah, an applause. You're a hero of my book, man. You can be mine as all you want, man. I'm going to get you the cake. Dribbling Dimes is recorded on location at the Renaissance Youth Center in the Bronx. For more information on the center and all the amazing things it does for the youth of the Bronx, please visit www.renaissanceyouth.org. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-N. D-I-M-E-S. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now.